another grim shooting in the United States. A high school student opens fire on fellow students on his 16th birthday before shooting himself in the head. Hong Kong police confirm a second death related to the months-long protests gripping the Chinese-ruled city. And dozens of Japanese nationals arrested for alleged fraud and extortion here in the Philippines. Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Welcome to the program. The United States dealing with yet another school shooting. A teenager kills two fellow students at a high school in Santa Clarita before turning the gun on himself. Krista Lagdameo with her top story. Another heartbreaking day for students and parents in the United States. A California high school student pulled a semi-automatic pistol from his backpack and fired on fellow students as classes began Thursday. People running, someone in my class yelled, run. So we just ran. We ran into a different classroom. I don't even know where we went, but we just ran. It was just, it just happened so quickly. I mean, I was just walking out of my coach's room and I was going down to where it happened and I just heard a couple of gunshots and I walked back and I just told them and we just went into lockdown after that. Police say the shooter had acted alone, but what drove him to carry out the shooting on his 16th birthday is still unclear. Tragedy struck, but how do we come out of, out of tragedy? We come out of it by uh, surrounding each other, uh, holding hands, uh, saying prayers and spending time together to see and, and see, to see what's going on see what's happening. And across the nation, I hear frequently, no more, no more, no more. When are we going to come together as a community, Santa Clarita, and the rest of the communities to say no more? The incident marked yet another school shooting in the U.S., where repeated mass shootings in recent years have intensified the debate about gun control and the constitutional right for the citizens to bear arms. We mourn with those who mourn, and we grieve with those who grieve. And to the families of those who lost loved ones, and to those who are critically injured, on behalf of the American people, I say from my heart, the hearts of every American are with you today. I spoke to President Trump not long ago, and he asked me to convey his deepest sympathies to the families of the victims and the entire Santa Clarita community. But to every American and all of you gathered here, we say this president and this administration will remain resolved to bring the scourge of mass shootings to an end. And we will not rest or relent until we end this evil in our time and make our schools and our communities safe again. The suspect killed a 16-year-old girl and a 14-year-old boy and wounded three other teens. He saved the last bullet for himself. The Walmart store in El Paso, Texas reopens three months after a shooting rampage there left 22 people dead. A banner that reads El Paso Strong hung from the side of the store as people gathered in the parking lot to remember the victims of the tragedy. A man identified as Patrick Crucius has been charged with capital murder. He will face death penalty if convicted. The gunman has confessed to the crime and said he was targeting Mexicans. According to El Paso police, most of the victims were Latinos. 
Well, here at home, Philippine authorities have arrested dozens of Japanese nationals allegedly involved in telecom fraud and extortion. Manila's Immigration Bureau says at least two of the 36 arrested in Makati City have standing warrants of arrest for theft in Japan. The suspects reportedly duped more than a thousand fellow Japanese for an estimated 2 billion yen or more than 18 million dollars. They're now awaiting deportation proceedings. The Philippine Anti-Graft Court finds former Isabela Governor Grace Padaca guilty of malversation and graft. Adrian Ayalin reports from the Sandigan. Former Isabella Governor Grace Padaca was found guilty of graft and malversation by the Sandigan Bayan 3rd Division in connection with the alleged misuse of uh, 25 million agricultural funds in 2006. Only the dispositive portion of the decision was read during the promulgation this morning, and the court has yet to release the full decision. Padaka was sentenced to imprisonment of 12 to 14 years for malversation and 6 to 10 years for graft. According to Padaka and her lawyer, Rogelio Binduan, they will file a motion for reconsideration before the court. The court also approved the payment of uh, double Padaka's uh, 70,000 peso existing bond for her provisional liberty as she appeals the decision. In an interview with the media after the promulgation, Padaka said she did not expect a guilty verdict as she had authority from the Sangguniang Panladawigan to enter into a memorandum of agreement for the release of the funds to the farmers. She said not a single centavo went to her as the funds went to the farmers. Padaka, however, said she is hopeful that the court will reverse its decision after their, they filed their motion for reconsideration. An ironic reminder from Mother Earth, Venice's regional council chamber flooded for the first time in history right after it rejected measures to combat climate change. Flood water started to pour into the chamber located in Ferrofini Palace Thursday evening as councillors debated the 2020 regional budget. Democratic Party councillor Andrea Zanoni shared the photos on her Facebook page. Zanoni said other parties rejected budget amendments to tackle climate change, among them reducing the use of plastic, funding renewable energy resources, make that sources, and replacing diesel buses. Venice has been submerged in its worst flooding in over 50 years. The mayor has blamed the disaster on climate change. In the United States, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi claims President Trump has admitted to bribery in the Ukraine scandal. Pelosi spoke a day after the first public hearing of the impeachment inquiry against Trump. Democrats have accused the Republican leader of using military aid to bribe Ukraine and pressure it to investigate his political rival, former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden. The bribe is to grant or withhold military assistance in return for a public statement of a, uh, of a fake investigation into uh, the, the elections. So that's, a, that's bribery. But I am saying uh, that what is, uh, the president has admitted to and says it's perfect, I said it's perfectly wrong. It's bribery. President Trump, meanwhile, says the impeachment inquiry has been hard on his family. Speaking at a campaign rally in Louisiana, Trump talked about ongoing efforts to impeach him in the House of and make that in the U.S. House of Representatives. He insisted he does not need anybody's help to beat his Democratic presidential rival Joe Biden. So they had transcribers to call. I mean, I have one problem. I have one problem, and it has been. It's been very hard on my family. Who ever heard impeachment to me is a dirty word? It's been very unfair, very hard on my family. Me, it's my whole life, it's crazy. What a life I lead. You think this is fun, don't you? 
But it's been very hard on my family, very, very hard. Ukrainian foreign minister said on Thursday that the United States ambassador did not link financial military assistance to a request for Ukraine to open up an investigation into former vice president and current Democratic president. Can you believe? Like, we need help to beat sleepy Joe Biden? I don't think so. A second protest-related death in Hong Kong. An elderly man died a day after he was hit on the head with a brick. Police say the 70-year-old man was on his lunch break when he was hit by an object hurled by masked rioters. This comes less than a week after a student fell to his death during a police clearing operation. There's no end in sight yet for the anti-government protests gripping the city for more than five months already. Hong Kong is expected to announce Friday the depth of its recession as the unrest takes its toll on the economy. Now, amid criticism over its alleged slow rollout, the Duterte administration's Build, Build, Build program have been upsized, increasing its flagship infrastructure projects from 75 to 100. The breakdown of those projects in this report. Government's new infrastructure flagship project list finally released to the public. There are a few key changes. 29 of the original 75 projects have been removed, including the 72.1 billion peso Bohol-Leyte Link Bridge and the 71.6 billion peso Mindanao Railway Project Phase 2. A total of 576 billion pesos of the original 2.4 trillion flagship project list was culled a quarter of the old list. However, the total value of the new list is significantly higher at 4.3 trillion pesos. The funding mix for that value has also changed significantly. In the old list, 83% of the projects was to be funded by Official Development Assistance or ODA from abroad. There were only nine public-private partnership projects. The new list has 29 PPPs, which account for 42% of the 4.3 trillion. The ODA share is now down to 53%. There is more information to be analyzed with the new list out. And that is why everyone is giving it a closer look, including the Senate. Minority Leader Senator Franklin Drilon has been a vocal critic of Build, 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 particularly the flagship projects, which he said was a dismal failure with only nine of 75 projects under construction based on the last update of the IFP list released in July. He has yet to review the new list, but he says the revisions, which are coming quite late in the Duterte administration, are telling. Hintayin po natin kung ano yung mga proyektong nawala dito sa original 75. Pagtingnan natin yung mga bagong dilagdag nila. Pangalawa, ibig pang sabihin eh, hindi nila pinag-isipan ng gusto yung unang 75 projects. Kailangan natin makita kung yung listahan na yon ng pinakamga importanteng proyekto, eh ano pa yon relevant pa yun ngayon. The new IFP list of 100 projects has been approved by the Investment Coordination Committee at the cabinet level. But Planning Secretary Ernesto Pernia has said the list is far from final. House lawmaker Joey Salceda has proposed President Duterte be given emergency powers to help speed up the implementation of Build, Build, Build. Malacanang welcomes the bill, saying right-of-way problems pose a big challenge for the completion of state projects as some landowners seek temporary restraining orders against government. Warren de Guzman, ABS-CBN News. 
The Philippine Senate recalls the approval of the Basis Conversion Development Authority, or BCDA's proposed 15 billion peso budget for 2020. That's after Senator Franklin Drilon questioned what the BCDA plans to do with the sports facilities it built after the country hosts the Southeast Asian Games later this month. Drilon asked the BCDA about its financial plans for the buildings, noting how Olympic facilities in other countries have deteriorated over the years. The agency will submit a study on how the facilities can generate income post the SEA Games when it meets again with the Senate Monday. If we just uh, recall the uh, uh, submission uh, of the BCDA budget, yeah. And take it up again on Monday. I don't think this will cause any delay. We commit to the majority leader that we will finish on Monday after probably an hour. We just want to get hold of the written report uh, of the uh, of the report uh, which will uh, treat of the uh, manner in which this uh, facility will be used afterwards. On to some sports action now. The Latin Knights ready to shock local basketball as they attempt to dethrone the three-time defending champion San Beda Red Lions. The Knights, who won game one of the best of three finals by one point, have two shots at winning the NCAA season 95 crown. Their first chance will be later at four in the afternoon at the Mall of Asia Arena in game two of the series. Prior to the finals, San Beda was unbeatable, sweeping all their 18 elimination round games to advance straight to the championship round. But the Knights were the aggressors in the series opener and are now just a win away from taking home their first NCAA title since 2015. Over in the UAAP, the men's basketball finals between the two-time defending champions Ateneo Blue Eagles and the third-seeded USD Tigers all set to begin this Saturday. The Tigers clawed their way past three elimination round games, including a sweep of second seeds, the UP Maroons, to get the second final seed. They will face a well-rested Ateneo squad in the best-of-three series. Ateneo has not lost in season 82 and earned an automatic finals berth by sweeping the eliminations. And that's today's online edition of Dateline Philippines. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. Don't forget to like and share this video and leave your comments below.